forever. Dog. When your first choice is a big old bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. Our number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspod at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you stupid little sloppy little fucks? I'm Big Dipper and that's Meatball. And welcome to Sloppy Seconds. (laughs) I hope you're all using a lot of lube. In a no, loose grip. Don't do this again. Okay. I, I have to air a grievance with you, which what is happened? a text message I received from you not 25 minutes ago. In I don't which know what we're. Oh, I remember. You accused both me I, no and. Accusations, no accusations were made, yeah, honey. Me and Will, you accused mm. us of incorrectly editing Tuesday's episode. Oh, right, right, right. I just remember <laughs> the text message I sent less than 25 minutes ago. Uh huh. I would I and I came on to this and I and I started our Zoom meeting with our producer by saying I think we should all apologize for what happened this morning. But we don't there's nothing that we did wrong. I know you but we could really all just came out of left could, field. We could all just apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry you were mistaken. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. That's all and, and I'm that sorry that apology. I too was mistaken. But in my defense the order in which the things were put placed in the editing we thought moved. It, Meatball accused us of uh, not including everyone that we named as part of Alaska's pageant on Tuesday's episode yes. as if we cut out a certain name and then that would be considered shady, which it didn't even happen. So it the fact that you accused us of it. Because the name was it. there. But what did happen was <laughs> I dead named that performer. So we had to edit out their and old drag their name, name and then re-put it in. And so we moved it. Anyway, I'm just happy to be here. We have a wonderful guest. No one did anything wrong. I certainly am not at fault. No one did anything anything wrong. Just a just a just a peek behind the curtain. That's all that was. Just a peek behind the curtain. I did get a text back that was like, hey, you need to do some research before you send me yelling at people. And to which I say, never. But I will say that's that's good to know that you have me in your corner because you were like, this is wrong. I picked up the phone and I was like, Will, you fucked up. You fucked you, up. Like I called him immediately and I was like, You've always been in my corner. <laughs> Remember that one time I showed up to the airport with the wrong plane ticket and the wrong airline? And I said, You have to call this man and tell him that I am not flying to his state today. And you were and then later we found out it was just the wrong airline. And I had yeah. to what a mess. What a mess. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> we'll, right, be right we'll be back right back after this break. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor Meals, I'm like, oh baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like, It is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, 
the mushroom is filling. Like there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. And I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this is oh, yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. That was Lady Gaga at the, um, whatever, inauguration. <laughs> Okay, we are back, and I am so excited to have with us political pundit, mm. rapper, mm. entertainer, uh -huh. highly opinionated, unbelievably talented. It's the Secretary of Shade, a.k.a. Uncle Lulu, a.k.a. DDL. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? How you feeling? Great. Great. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, as, as good as you can be doing in these times, but I can't complain. So we we hopped on here and you were like, I, I'm going to try to quote you exactly. You were like, you know, it's it's a, there's a lot of snow here. So I'm at the house watching my watching shows, my shows. <laughs> thinking about yes. my life. <laughs> yes. What are your current shows? What are you watching right now? Okay, so I'm almost finished Lupin. Um, is oh. is really good. Ooh. I mean, Netflix. She's a quantity over quality girl. She gets like a couple of quality programs a year. Um, mm -hmm. I did like Bridgerton a lot. I'm actually, you know, anybody who knows me knows Britney. So I'm actually watching Doctor Who's new season, um, and I'm rewatching Touchwood. Not the first two seasons because they were terrible, but the third and the fourth season. <laughs> and I've really gotten into wrestling since, since the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Like I'd wrestling like, programs. Like WWF. Yes. Like I have the t shirts and everything. Like I have favorite. <laughs> like, like I am, and it's this new girl, Bianca Belair, who I absolutely love uh she won the royal rumble this year so i was pressed about that um <laughs> yeah you know i'm i'm wwe aew i am like in there 
That's I, so fun. I know nothing about that world. I don't watch a single one of those shows. <laughs> yeah, like a friend of mine, um, she was like, yeah, you know, Undertaker's retiring this year. And I had watched <laughs> wrestling since like 2001, right? And right. like, so I turned it on and it was like, oh my God, all of the people who I like, they're like ancient now. Like they have gray hair. It was like kind of like um, traumatic for me. It was very tri- triggering because I was like, hey, Matt Hardy, I remember when you were like the young people. Now you're like old. It was like <laughs> so crazy. It was like my whole youth is just going down the dumpster. One thing that I have always like, so we met like we met years ago in Baltimore, like at yes. a gig, um, something probably I think we were both performing at. One thing I've always been impressed by you is like, you know, it's it's a cliche, but like peeling back the layers of the onion. You have these like deep pockets of interest. Like mm-hmm. you're you, you we, like we had known each other. We were talking about music. We we're talking about all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you would just sort of like reveal like I never knew you were so like politically minded and you were like oh yeah i get up every day and i read the whole newspaper you were like i go get my coffee and sit and read the whole newspaper and you're you're such a good um you're like an informed consumer like Mm. you know everything about the albums that you're obsessed (laughs) with you know everything about the wrestlers that you're into like you have just such an expansive mind i've always been so impressed with like how deeply you can get into things Thank you. Um, you know, <laughs> the thing is, um, sometimes I feel like I'm a jack of all trades and a master of nine. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like um, I like so many things, and um, I was raised that human beings aren't one dimensional. So I've always been a very three D kind of person, and I like a lot of different things. Um, I think that as a society, especially in, in music and entertainment, we are trained to be singularly focused. It's like, if you're not singularly focused on this, then you don't want it enough or you don't like it enough. And we're trained to look at people in such a one dimensional way. And it's just, it's really not fair. And it's not, it doesn't do justice to the human experience to live and think that way. Hmm. That's so interesting because we just had our tarot cards read on this podcast a few weeks ago, and both of us got the same card. She did a quick three-card reading and then reshuffled them in three cards. We both got the Seven of Cups, which is about juggling a lot of things, like like Mm. in your head. So I I don't know. That really do you find that right now because you have so much free time? Do or I don't really know if you have a ton of free time, but are you able to (laughs) juggle more or take on stuff that you haven't had a chance to take on? Yes and no. Um. In the beginning, um, there was a lot of pressure to, uh, here's how COVID went. In the beginning, it was like, I think it was fun for us. Like, it was like, <laughs> oh my God, it's a plague. It's it's Independence Day. Let me go to the market and buy everything. And oh my God, you know. Um, and it, Let it me learn like, how to bake bread. <laughs> right, you're like, oh my God. And then, like, after, I want to say the first three months, 
um, when the summer started to hit, people got annoyed because I think in our minds, and I was guilty of this too, we thought that, oh, this is going to be like camp and it'll be like over by summer. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that's not how it panned out. And, <laughs> that's not how it so, pandemic out. In that time, I like I've never been the type of person to get to know my neighbors and stuff like that. And like over the summer, like I was actually sitting on the steps because I live on a very east coast inner city block with a stoop. Um sitting on the steps. Getting to know my neighbors, we coming out at seven o'clock in the night, getting drunk, just in the gutter. <laughs> you know, I'm learning how to, you know, make fake wrestling belts in the house and all this stuff. <laughs> I, I started writing different music, but then, then not to ramble, there came this depression period mm. because where you're not doing anything because. Yeah that lack of human interaction and especially being a single person, I'm a single person. I live alone. So I don't have anything to bounce off of. Mm -hmm. And it started to get to me where I wasn't doing literally anything. And you start gaining your COVID-19 or your COVID-40 or your COVID-30, whatever it is she gained. (laughs) And, um, life became real and and exhausting so yes and no was i productive in the beginning yes towards the end well in that middle section absolutely not well i'm curious okay i saw something on your social media in the summer or maybe it was the spring you were a part of a traveling like like mini concert where you went to and performed out front of people's homes yes um I felt like I was doing hospice care. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know know how you go in church, like in Baptist churches, my grandma, my grandmother, um, my grand, she, she Eastern Star Baptist church down and used to go visit the sick and shit and like drop off plates and stuff to their house. Uh That's what I felt like I was doing. Now, granted, they did it for a fee. It was compensation. There you but go. Basically, <laughs> what we would do, they would go online. It was through um, a local um, collective and art um, company here, Creative Alliance. And they would go online, book my time. All of my slots sold out. It made me feel good about my little area. Yes. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, <laughs> my slot sold out within a day. I was like, all right. And so, like, um, I got me a little speaking microphone, and they sing you your itinerary. You show up at people's house, and you perform probably, it's about 10, 15 minutes. It's nothing super extravagant. And um, the tips were great. Um, I'm not going to lie. After a while, I started, was I was, like, over it, because it was like, <laughs> this is giving tour, sis, and it's, like, not, like, no, like... Like, you said, where's the tour bus? Tour. Where's the hotel? Where's, right, you know? where's the fruit plate in the dressing room? <laughs> but the people, one thing I love about this city and, and where I'm from, um, I've lived here my whole life, is that the people are very blue collar. They they do galvanize like a community mm. in, in these times. Um, in the COVID era specifically, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Mm. Um, While we did have high numbers, it wasn't as bad as some of the big cities. Like being in a place that's a small town masquerading as a big city really proved to be valuable in this time. 
I want to place you in the world for for our listeners, um, which is, you know, you make music. You're very prolific. You've had, you know, mu- you've gone by multiple names, lots of different music projects. But I remember one thing you told me when we first met, because, you know, my whole thing when I started making music was... I'm like, slap the word gay on it. Any given time, like label Mm, me up so that people can search me out and find me. You were rapping and writing and doing things before you were publicly out. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you come out in a battle that was filmed and then it like did the rounds on Worldstar? Is that true? Yes. That was (gasps) before like URL and Smack became a whole industry. Right. Uh, That was back around 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Um, And uh, my part of me, the 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 media ham and whore in me was like, damn, bitch, if you'd have did that in 2016, your numbers would be even better because the way (laughs) shit go viral now. Right. Ten sis, it was like we was just coming off MySpace. It wasn't lit like it was now. <laughs> um, and Instagram ain't exist. I was like, shit. Um, yeah. But uh, no, uh, I did. I did uh, come out in the battle, and then subsequently um, came out post that. So yeah, it was. It's my life has been really documented via my music and, and social media for sure. Yeah, and you're, you're, uh, I love the album you have that's called Beautiful Gowns. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful Gowns. <laughs> Which we all love that reference. Um, and then you recently also came out with, is that album or EP, The Ballad of Omar? Uh, Ballad of Omar is more of an EP. Um, mm-hmm. we put that out in March 20. There yeah, you go. I'm um, not right? March, May 20. In and the pandemic. Can- Watch your videos yeah. on your YouTube, which is what is the name of your YouTube? Secretary of Shade. The Secretary of Shade, Miss Mama. Oh yeah. Now I watched like all the videos that you had up last night, and I want to talk about your fashions, your looks, the nails, the hair. Where are you getting all of these things? Are they custom um, made? Actually, Jack of all trades, master <laughs> of none. Right. So I um was a photographer's assistant for about three years. And I had been reading Vogue secretly, Vogue, uh, Harper's Bazaar, um, Douche, um, all of the foreign fashion magazines for, for many, Hold many on. years. There's wait a foreign a minute, fashion wait. magazine called Douche? Yeah, it's like Douche, Dush, something around there. But anyway, um, I had been <laughs> reading Shown Magazine, all of, those, all of those mags, right? And so for me... A lot of my looks come from my imagination and also to having a mom who's a history buff. I time travel for inspiration and how I put a look together. So yes. even with like, let's say the stop my bag video, um, and I actually with did a little kind link. of behind the look. Ooh. Right. Oh, that yeah. was like a and the amalgamation of, of different periods. And also to being a plus size person, um, there's a lot of dress rehearsals that go with that. So I have to, when I put together a look and construct it, especially for a visual, I think what kind of silhouette is this going to create? Is it going to make me look um, not per se bigger, but is it going to be flattering? Is it going to give me a fashion aesthetic? So 
because of my size and my build, and also you have to take your look into effect. I have a mm-hmm. very ethnic West African look because my um, lineage and 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 my my ancestors come from from Nigeria, so I had to take that into effect in how my features sit, what's going to work with those features, and um, what I can actually sell and, and is believable to the viewer. So it's a lot that goes into how I put them together. The, I, let me tell that's you, that's so probably incredible. way more thought than other people do when they put clothes on their body. Well, But that's yeah. why everything you wear now- works. Now, are the nails a West African influence, or is that just something you stumbled on yourself? Oh no, that's around the <laughs> way, yeah, girl. Look at those Don't play. That's, that's a that's around that's around the way, girl. Realness. Um, I have been getting. I have been painting my nails for forever. Um, and um, when I did beautiful gowns for the release show, I was like, I want to do something special. I want something great because I had played. Um, Eveline and the Wiz in the <gasps> local production. Oh here. wow! Um, back in like seventeen, and so I wanted to do something really. Um, no bad news, right? Exactly. How so do you I got find the, the time? <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's one thing: I wasn't even going to bring it up, but also when we met. We, we were talking about all of these projects and all these things that you're working on and all these inspirations and you were connected to some like artist collective and a studio and the whole thing. And then you were like, yeah, but I got to work on Monday. And I was like, what's that now? And yeah. you've been holding full-time jobs forever? Years. Um, I've been, I work for the power company here um, <laughs> in Maryland. Um, I work about, I work literally from 8 a.m. Um, to about 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Um, thankfully I can work from home now, Right. Um, but if I don't work, especially being, um, a queer artist who isn't, who hasn't went viral in the new era, um, for the way that I like to present in my mind, it costs money. Right. Um, and like all of those videos y'all see, all of those looks that get created, not one person had paid for that. My nine to five. This this the electric company. That's the label, okay. Right. <laughs> like, so right. all, <laughs> that's the label. So um, you know, in addition to you know having to pay for my living, I have to pay for for these things, um, and also too, I have my YouTube income, which isn't a lot of money, right? Because YouTube AdSense ain't giving what it used to. Girl. But it's still something. It'll pay a couple bills a month, which I'm thankful for. And then um, the people who watch my show will send in super chats and cash at me and things like that. But yes, I do work a full time job. I do on average about 52 to 60 hours a week um, at work. And then does that make you feel productive, Meatball? No, not. <laughs> I got three hours of work done yesterday, and I was like, "There, I did it. I fucking did it." Someone come and tell me otherwise. Are you so so? Uh, are you always then writing music in your free time? Um, I write based on um. I I I, I right now I'm in a place where I write based on feeling. Um, mm. the project that I'm working on right now for when the world reopens is very much a referendum on 
the habits of human beings, emotions, everything, everyday situations that we go to, but also what does aging look like from a queer perspective, a black perspective, a hip hop medium when you haven't made it yet. And that's something that I think has been uncharted. Mm -hmm. And I want, I I find that here's the thing, Dipper. If DDM doesn't make it to the level that he would like to, I would like to hope that what I'm doing right now is creating a roadmap for how the next kid can successfully navigate his future and skip some of the steps and some of the mistakes that I have made over the years. So at this point, I don't care about a record deal. I've sat sat in in major offices um, within the last two or three years and gotten every excuse in the book. But they like me because they saw the numbers. They saw they they like it. But it's like, well, ah, we don't fuck know yet. numbers. They play one of your songs. They hear your voice, your lyrics, your ability. I mean, you you're such an amazing writer. You're such, a, and you're a fucking powerhouse on stage. So like, Thank you. but I understand the fear of the industry. What what I think this leads to another question, which I know Meatball, I'm like we're we're so involved in this like music conversation. That's but, fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, what I wanted to I'm say is you, about Omarosa in a minute. You 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 talked about um, the idea of had you gone viral in 2016. There's this whole new generation of making music that is it li- literally people are making music for TikTok. Hey, can we make mm. a song that mm. doesn't need to be longer than a minute? You know what I right. mean? Can we make a song that has lyrics that equal a dance that then we can turn into a viral thing on TikTok? And even if you do that, that thing won't take hold unless you, you're able to talk to someone directly at TikTok and be like, push this algorithm through, you know, push this hashtag through, like, make this the Corvette challenge, make this the Busta challenge, whatever. I know there is still room for all of that to be organically had, but the directive is very different. People sit down and they go, I want to make something for that. And what I respect about what you do and what I still consider what I do is, like, I'm doing it from an artistic standpoint. I'm making something that feels like the creative outlet about representation, about, you know, putting art into the world. And then if I want to market it in a way that includes all of these other things, that's great. But, you know, look, neither of of us have a big record deal. Neither of us have millions upon millions of followers and views and listens and like whatever, you know what I mean? So I think it's, I I don't know. I find it fascinating. I love that you... You're saying that you're like kind of making a path for other people to follow because I mean, for drag, there is there's no like end line, there's no finish line, you know, mm. there's nothing that you can achieve where you're like, I've finally done this. So it's it's interesting to watch how all the different drag queens are coming up and like which path they're choosing to follow. So it's fun to see like people that are like, oh, going the comedy route. Oh, I'm going to do a spoken word number, do this. And then will message me and be like, what an inspiration. Thank you. I looked up to you and I was, it's just fun. It's so lovely. It's the so children. fun to just try to be a, a, a mentor for the children. You try. Um, <laughs> but then you want to kill them too. Cause they're yeah. so fucking annoying. I hate TikTok. It's interesting. I, I kind of cringe. Um, 
at least on a from a local aspect because I've reached that point in my journey where you know I'm in the club with 20 year olds and they're like oh my yeah. god DDM you're a legend and I hate that legend word I absolutely hate it um do you prefer icon I, that's <laughs> even even worse okay um, okay <laughs> um because I feel like and, and I tell the kids I think one of the realest thing I tell people I say you know I'm not there yet. I've just been doing it longer, you know? Right. Um, so, yes, if we're in a competition, like if, if we Netflix did a rap competition, I may do better than you. In this climate, you may do better than me because there are certain um, technological advantages that you have over me. Yes, I can learn the software and learn the platform you run into them. There's a difference. Right. Um, when you, I think it's reflected on Drag Race because what I love about her is Tamisha Iman reminds me very much of the black seasoned drag queens that you see in the hole in the wall bars mm-hmm. who will cut you, <laughs> beat your ass, <laughs> and then go do a number like nothing happened. Yeah, that's what she gave, and I, I that that relates in so many ways because I think um, part of that is you have um, a new generation who was groomed for television and you have a prior generation that was groomed for living. And so when you put those two energies together, um, it presents a, a, because to some of these kids, everything is a show and they don't it's like oh girl this is tv or this is this is social media girl i'm doing it for this but then you have someone like a tamisha or even myself to a certain degree that's like sis no you're trying it and i'm going to walk up on you and you're not going to expect that and you're going to keep moving away because like I, I might pop you um so it's it's it's, it's a different <laughs> so what it, i'm it, hearing it's, it's is that you're team tamisha absolutely because oh. <laughs> Meatball's team candy, so watch out. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Ah! I'm sorry, girl. Uh-uh. Well, you, after, what, after hearing what you said, I prefer someone who, well, I prefer Candy in that situation because it was for TV and she was giving TV. And right. she was she on a TV that. show. And she's on a TV show giving TV. But from the standpoint where you're coming from, yeah, to... Yeah, I mean, clearly Candy should not have screamed and threatened to punch an old dude. Like, Tamisha, like, no, that's wrong. But it was very good TV. Oh, Rue earned her Emmy off that episode. Oh, that was That was was the Emmy. That That was the Emmy. And, you know, and they'll never forget it. And they did the the absolute least, you know? They said, don't bully our girls on Instagram. And so, also, because of Candy Muse, RuPaul's Drag Race has ended bullying. Yeah, they that's finally I, stepped the up to end bullying. Good for them. <laughs> and we'll be right back after this break. We are back. Good morning, Baltimore. Now, you know what I love about Baltimore is the crabs. Now, I've performed. Crabs? Yeah. Crab crabs? Yeah. You eat seafood in Baltimore? 
Yes, every time I go to Baltimore, I go and get seafood. And okay. I'm usually there with some, you know, um, Washington Heights, the drag queen? Oh, yeah. I don't know uh, Washington Heights, but definitely familiar. Yes. She's flown me out there with um, a couple other girls before, and we always go and get crabs. Where's your favorite place to get a crab cake? Um, favorite crab cake that would have to be Coco. Uh, it's several Coco's GNM used to be good. Moses. Okay. Um, yeah. And I like Nick's fish house on insulated drive by the water, but those would be Ooh. the ones. <laughs> that, that sentence just sounds Nick's fish house on insulated drive by the water. By the that water. Just sounds like an East coast sentence. You know it's what I mean? It's going to be delicious too. You can tell too. <laughs> Closer to the water. It's fresher. That's right. Right. That's right. And my second question is, have you ever heard, have you ever seen wicked? I've never seen it, but <laughs> I I should have. I know the, the the premise. Oh no! Do you know the song? Do you know? Ooh, ah! <laughs> no, I feel like my theater queen status is getting revoked. I just got some points on my license. Mm-hmm. But you Dipper. did play Eveline. Like that yeah, is so you, you were know in what the I mean. Whiz. You eased on down that road. No, girl, they eased on down the road to her. Mm-hmm. What was? How yes. big was the dress when you yeah. played Evelyn? Um, it was uh, it was a different kind of kind of look. I had um, kind of like a um, bustle um, kind of moment that was open in the front corset um, and like this netted sleeve because I was like, we're not going to have my ham arms out, um, <laughs> and I had on um, some Mary J. Blige knee boots. Yes. And um and a in a liquid legging. Oh, a liquid Ooh, legging. Did yeah. you do uh did you do the Mary J stomp dance? I didn't, <laughs> but it was definitely giving MJB realness with the boot. It had knee boots with a little fur moment on the inside. Ah! Oh, you gotta work, bitch. All right, I wanna let's talk about politics because I remember following you on social media and was it was it during the 2016 election when things really started, or it was like 2018 after he'd been in office for a bit? Yeah, 2018 um, was around the time when it happened. Um, and it was, you know, what's so interesting. Um, uh, Khalees has a song where she said, God's, God closes windows. Next thing you know, he opens doors. Um, and uh, I was disappointed because I was, I had worked on a full project soundtrack to a shopping mall. And yes. um, at the last minute, I couldn't get all of the beats signed off on. It was a whole thing with that project and I had did a whole show for it and everything. And I was just very disappointed and depressed. And, um, I was at work, um, one day, I'll never forget. It was a day in August and, um, Omarosa said, you know, they were, she was doing a press junket for a book and she had receipts and I was like, Ooh, this is intriguing. Um, so I went and went down to the Barnes and Noble, um, on, on lunch and got the book. And I was like, I'm going to read some of this tonight online. I'm like, oh, about five or six people will listen to it. Me and a few friends will have a chuckle and we'll laugh. <laughs> so I read the book and I go to sleep. It was about like 100 views. I got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. It was at like 10,000. 
when I went to work that morning, it was like 30,000. And before mm. you know it, it was the whole thing. Next thing you know, I'm doing interviews on political news sites. And uh, Omarosa had reached out to me. She called me while I was at work. My coworkers lost their minds. <laughs> I got invited to the Congressional Black Caucus. Um, and Omarosa to this day still talks to me. She um, sends me messages. Like, it's, like she came to Baltimore to film my segment for Secretary of Shade. Was not, you know, high-end or anything. She came with her publisher and her hairstylist. Um, and that was it. And she, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's so, that's so crazy. You were reading it. You were reading it on Facebook, Facebook live. Yeah. I was or... just doing it on Facebook live. And, um, I still do it. it that, it's so funny. I started out reading the books and then at the Omarosa books, it was like, read Michelle Obama book, read, you know, Bob Woodard's book. And I, and then it evolved into me breaking down weekly news um, for Facebook. And, you know, the thing is, it's very much a hobby for me. It's not something that I look into and be like, oh, I have to produce the show in the beginning i did try to produce a highly select show and right. people didn't like it and oh. it was it was interesting to me i said so you mean to tell me i can literally sit in my damn living room with a lamp light and people will listen to it and fast forward going on three years now we're entering our third year um my subscribers continue to grow we had 20 almost twenty one thousand on wow. YouTube subs um for big political events, I'll have probably um, up to about 2,000 per episode watching live. Um, so what did you think about the inauguration? Um, I thought it was as great as it could be. Um, I will say this, I, I, and I tell people this all the time. Um, no matter what you think, Trump is a game-changing president. Um, he is forever recalibrated the scope for how we view things and how we as a country do them. Mm -hmm. I think the entire country and part of the reason why my YouTube became so successful and why even now I got a cabinet meeting to film tonight um, at (laughs) 7 o'clock that they like, all right, we ain't seen you in two weeks. And um, (laughs) I think it's because the whole country had a civics lesson. Um, we, We literally got worst case scenarioed about everything in our American government. And you have kids, it it went from let's say seven years ago, people like swing state, what is that? To fast forward, you have women in the grocery store talking about, you know, they still got 30,000 votes in Broward County. Now once those votes come in, 70% going to be Democratic, so they probably going to get about 30% of this. (laughs) Like, you like, like, you like. Right, right. That is so true. (laughs) And Here's the thing. Trump is the worst president in our lifetime. That goes without saying. But at the same time, I think um, what he did was show Americans in America that there is still a lot of work left to be done in this country. And that, you know, by all means, America is a big social experiment. When you look at the history of the world, it's mostly tribal. You have Asia, you have Africa, you have, you know, native lands and things like that. In America, 
especially being one of the youngest democracies, and it may not even end up being one of the long lasting when you look at the Asian dynasties and the Roman Empire and things like that. American, the American dynasty, so to speak, or empire is only about 400 going on 500 years old, maybe. So that's pretty young in the history and in the scope of the world of, of empires, so to speak. And it's a big social experiment because you have uh, all of the, it's like King's Landing if you watch Game of Thrones. It's all of these people from different places trying to coexist, navigate cultural customs, and be this beacon of hope and this shining city on the hill to empires that have been around longer than we had buildings. Wow! So Damn. It's, it's 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 a lot that goes into that. Yeah, and who 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 said we're the beacon of hope? We did. We did. We're like no one. Yeah. We are the best. We are the beacon. Everyone looked to us, <laughs> but it's like who else is saying that though? <laughs> well, we were, and our money and our weapons still, to a certain degree, dictate that. Right. Um, but you know, sometimes <sighs> I think now. It's the, the 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 board has been has been changed a little bit. Well, not mm-hmm. a little bit, a lot. And I always tell people when they ask me about what my biggest fear was with the Trump presidency, I said it wasn't about anything domestic because I feel like we can get past that. But the damage that you do on a global scale is largely irre- irreversible. And I think it was very irresponsible, especially for Trump supporters. We're like, oh, we need to take it home. Screw our global policy. Well, sis, you can't really do that because what'll happen is if you say that, eventually the ants will overtake the elephant. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to have a, a situation where your allies are like, well, sis, we can't help you. London, Britain is not that big. It's not like, it's not the size of China. And they're dealing with their own shit too. Yeah, they have, everyone's got their own shit going on. You know, Canada ain't going to help, but so much, you know, you, 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 you done did dirt to, to Mexico, which is at your bottom. You're not nice to Haiti. So you gotta, you gotta think about that. And anybody who, says that global policy doesn't matter is thinking in a very insular way and it's very dangerous yeah, yeah. also very american yeah that's our whole judge <laughs> to Not think to both insularly and the, dangerous uh, yes. conversation but no where what do we think about ellie imhoff or l imhoff is she a fashion model will she be serving um, who is it Kamala's um, daughter of Kamala. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wore the jacket? Yeah, 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 she's amazing work. And I was like, she wore one jacket. Yeah. But when you're you're the vice president's daughter, that's all it takes. Um, Anyway, now we're moving on to our next segment, (laughs) which is Fuck Talk. talk. It's a segment where we tell an embarrassing sexual story from our past. Or it could be funny, or it could be wild, or it could be kooky. Yeah, it could be triumphant too. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any I've, fun ones? Since I've known you, you've always been like, "Well, I'm single." Yeah, I'm single. But then when we start talking about sex, you have this person and this person and th- all these little twists. So I have moments. She, she's single, but active. you have individual moments. No relationships. I have moments. 
I have been single for 13 years. Um, part of we, it is by choice. We want to um, hear about a moment or two. A moment. Okay. So, um, let's see. Because <laughs> you oh. also, okay, yeah. No, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was going to say, you've told me a handful of stories about some straight men in your life, so. <gasps> oh, well, yeah, you know, my whole <laughs> ballad of Omar is about going through that, but, uh-huh. um, you know, um, my, I think one interesting encounter was, mm-hmm. um, actually, this was like a friend with benefits who I've known for like 10 years, and I just cut off, believe it or not, Ooh. and the first time that I met him, um, I lived in the city. He lives in the county, in Baltimore County, which is just outside the city. And I go to his house, which, first of all, gay people live a life on the edge. We will travel to somebody's home <laughs> who we've never been to at yes! 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you know, yes! we, we, we live life on the edge, honey. <laughs> and um, so we, um, I, I go to, I had my homegirl drop me off. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning. So I go up in the apartment complex. I knock on the door. He answered the door. He all quiet. And I'm like, oh, dear, what's going on? So we go, we go, and we uh, we, we we get started. Uh-huh. And he's a chaser. I've always dealt with very thin men. Um, I love thick men, but they just don't like me um, for, for the most part. So I tend to get along very well with tall, lanky men. Plus, they know how to navigate all of my crevices and nooks and crannies. <laughs> yes, you yes, know? they do. <laughs> um, you can toss them around a little. Um, so, you know, we, like, do it, and it was kind of interesting because he had came really, really fast. Like, he was like, you know, my thing is, a lot of times these men will say, oh, you know, I'm long-winded. Okay, mm. I will turn your long wind into a short breeze, my dear. <laughs> but <laughs> let's figure it out. <laughs> and so, like, we're doing it, and like, it's so fu- it's so funny because, like, he we're doing it, and he like playing young. This was when Young Jeezy was hot. He like playing Young Jeezy, all of the 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 typical stereotype things. So, um. He came really fast, and then like afterwards, he's like, "Can you hold me?" And I'm like, "You just was playing Young Jeezy. You giving me all of this." And this is when I realized that everything is phony. It's all <laughs> fake. Everything. This is gay sexual roles on a WWE. It's all staged. It's all scripted. It's all fake because all of us have a little fairy in us. It's yes. all about how you want to present it, and like. I was just thrown back like by that and it was interesting for me because like um one thing that I find interesting about my sexual encounters is that I think I scare a lot of the men that I have been with because oh god I'm trying to say this is supposed to be funny sorry um, no this is no, we, we love Who all said conversations this was supposed to be funny? I think I think I scare them because um, I force people to have conversations of substance. And it's mm. not even because I'm like consciously doing that, but that's just how my mind thinks. 
And what happens is the reason why I have so many trusts to your point, Deborah, is because I typically scare guys away when they find out that I have a brain and that I can mentally challenge them. I start asking them questions and making them think about their life in a way that they didn't really want to do. Mm. And so as a result, they'd be like, like I had this one guy, he messaged me. He was like, you're a nice guy, but the nails are just not masculine for me. And I said, that's fine. Good luck with your book. I wish you the very best. <laughs> but that's why you're 50 and by yourself. <laughs> I was going to ask. That out? Do people not want to hook up with you because of the nails often or just um, I was going to say people skew- probably like the way they look around the dick. No, young people, no problem. Like I get um, hit on by a lot of, you know, young young guys, 22, 23. They, their view on sexuality and things is just different. The right. older They're guys, all just holes. right? The <laughs> older guys, they they be all, you know, I don't know, and this, that, and the third. But my sexual encounters, I ain't even gonna lie, I and mean, I never really speak about it a lot, but. I think I have great sex. I always smell good. I feel like you should always present yourself a say we smell like a bakery. I always have a good candle going. I'm going to give you a passionate encounter because that's just who I am. <laughs> it's going to be it's it gives that. That's look at the material. It gives that. You know, it it, it, it gives that. You know, I have broke down like I got this one young man who, like, it went from, we just hook it up. And see, that's the thing. If we just hook it up, that's fine with me. I'm I'm good. The reality is, my partner has to be someone who can watch drag racing at the same time, watch Ravens games with me. I'm not asking you to be a pillar of masculinity or anything like that. I'm asking you to be an individual and to and be able to support my individuality. Yes. What I need is someone to watch Drag Race and That's So Raven with me. Because we, we get it. Ooh. That was post my era. That was I was a Nickelodeon <laughs> snick kid. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Meatball is just a few years younger than us. Um, I'm a baby. I, I, <laughs> she said, I'm a baby. Yeah, you know, preparing... We've talked about this before because I, you know, back back when more things were open and I was running around from... from you know, gentleman to gentleman, I would, you know, talk about scheduling. Oh, yeah, I have a window tomorrow from three o'clock. I'll be leaving Hollywood and I can come no, back. Oh, ma'am. And Meatball would always be like, you know, like, why do you do that? The, you know, blah, blah, blah. But here is one thing you said, you, you know, prepare yourself, you smell good, like all of that. For me, I'm not trying to say that I have bad hygiene, but like when I'm in the work mode, I'm not lotioning every inch of my body. I don't shave my neck every single day because I'm like focused on the shit I'm doing. So if I know I'm going to bring my body over to someone, I'm going to be like the worst thing is like you're bring going your body over to someone. <laughs> you know, the worst thing is you're like going I'm down on someone. Leave my mind at home. I'm going to bring my body over. But the worst thing is you're, like, going down on someone or whatever, and you start, like, rubbing your hands, and then you, like, get to the dry patch, and you're like, oh, so you didn't lotion there? Like, you don't have, like, like you know what I mean? And so that's why, to me, when you schedule the appointment, it's a reminder to be at your tip top, you know? And especially right now, I think a lot of people are skipping some of the daily hygiene moments 
that we would normally do. You know, yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people are like going a couple of days without a shower. But going back to your story, I remember <laughs> one time a long time ago, this guy on I forget what app it was, but he wouldn't hook up with me because he like went to my personal Instagram and saw that I did drag, like had a drag account. And he was like, oh, no, it's just I just don't want to have sex with you because you're a drag queen. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not showing up to your house in drag like i'm not going to be in drag when i'm there like you were interested in me up until you saw one part of my personality and i guess he just thought too queeny or something but i was like how do you how could you live your life like this of course he was older they're always older i think um part of me feels sorry for those guys and i and i definitely understand where they're coming from the other part of me just doesn't have time for it Mm -hmm. um you know I've never met a piece of penis that was worth my personal sanity and development. Put um, that on a t-shirt. I did the one. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've, I've never, I've never done it. And I've sent people home. I sent a man home in an ice storm. <laughs> I have no problem sending you home. You want to so hear a funny story? Stay the night? Absolutely not. The nighttime stay. That's for that's for like real tea. So I had this one gentleman. Um, <laughs> this one gentleman, he um came over and we hooked up or whatever. First off, it wasn't even good. Like we had hooked up before, but like your penis was on a decline. So it wasn't giving. It was no passion. It was no nothing. So I'm like, all right, you came, not me. Fine. So he like passing out on the bed he like oh it's like late at night right so he trying to do the whole you know i'm just so tired thing i gave you a warning twice the sec the third time you had like you ain't hear me so i said okay so i get up on the you want this is a funny story out this bitch so um i i get up on the side of my bed i put my sweatpants on and i'm watching making the cut with um naomi hardy and tim gunn Mm-hmm. And so um, what a lot of people don't know is I'm an avid um, uh, uh, supporter of the Second Amendment, and I am a licensed gun owner, okay? <laughs> um, I own several firearms, and I keep a, a 380, a 6-hour PT-38 um, by my um, my bed in my dresser drawer. It's <clears throat> a pretty little thing. So I'm like, okay, you don't want to get out. So I get up on the side of my bed and um I start loading the clip in my 380. Oh, not just loading it up. I swear before God, I start I I start, I start putting it in and he heard the sound. And he's like, What you doing? I said, Oh, I'm just, you know, you know, I like to be secure at night. You know, I'm just putting the putting the putting the the bullets, the magazine, I'm just loading up. It's a six shoot. It ain't nothing big. It's something that, you know, get you out in the nick of time. And um, he like, all right, I know one thing. His ass started getting up and get his clothes on. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sure he did. He, 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 he wasn't tired. No, okay. <laughs> I don't play with people. But like, that's another thing too. Like, like I feel like, um, you know, Gay people are people, and like I go out hunting, I do trap shooting. Um, I've recently gotten into hunting deer. Um, we did that. We went out into the woods and the mountains and got into hunting and things like that. And it's just something that I enjoy doing. And I, I like 
knowing that if need be, um, I can protect myself and I know how the things work. And I tell people all the time, I say, even if you don't like guns, you should at least have the basic knowledge of how they work, especially in the times that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he got his ass up. He called an Uber <laughs> and he was gone. <laughs> and you got nobody back to stays ha- over my house. Heidi, Naomi and Tim. I bet, making I, the bet, cut. I bet those nails look nice, just like right on the side of a gun. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I'm like <laughs> if you look on my Instagram, like I've I, I like I have so many women like from my workouts to when I go to the gun range and things like that. So many women, um, even in my gym because I hired a personal trainer who like oh my god they're like um because my real name is Emmanuel they're like Manny they're like you know how do you do these workouts and you just don't break a nail I said sis you gotta learn how to use those palms and those pads on your fingers honey like you can't be you got you got to make it work you know <laughs> the palms of the back. I'm very okay. much the Peter Griffin meme <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the title. <laughs> Very much the Peter Griffin meme. That's me. I'm very much the Peter Griffin meme. Um, Okay. And then quickly before we go, I wanted to ask you about, I think it was your music video for Come Through. Because when I met you, I think you didn't have hair. You had your head shaved or something like that. But then in the music video, you have this like beautiful, like high top, angular high top. And then I remember like you, you kept, your hair kept changing in these videos and um, I'm used to seeing hair changes and wigs, but typically they flow down or they're bigger or they're like a more like sort of feminine shape. But this was like a man's wig. This was a high top. This was a fade. This was a, this you was know, a like, moment. yeah. And I it literally, that is seeing you in those pieces in the music videos. That's where I learned about like wigs for male hairstyles. <laughs> I was yeah, like, that's an that installed unit. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yes, it is a unit. I love challenging um stereotypes. I love um I love warped realities. Um mm. and at the time when I started getting um my fake high tops, um Stephen Thomas, um, who actually does Karen Huger's hair. <gasps> um, for Real Housewives of Potomac, he actually originated that um, for me. Oh um, wow! Uh, Baltimore is a small place, and um, Stephen, um, I've known him for many years. We don't talk every day; like we're not in constant contact now. I, I don't want to make it like seem like that, but sure. um, in like 2009, 2010, um, he made all of that hair for me, and I would go to a shop. And it would take him about, uh, it only, the, the genius of what he does is it would only take about an hour to do, mm. um, an hour wow. 15 maybe. And um, I was like, um, I learned it because he was doing, he was doing it on himself first. And I was like, Steve, I need to have this for my video. I love it. And then he would like put blonde pieces in my hair and polka dots and all different kinds of things. So we have been doing that for years. So it's funny to see it like be become mainstream now because right. like, yeah. that's that's late to us we've been doing that <laughs> well that's how it all goes would you ever fuck in the unit while you had it installed or were you just uh, having I for have, the videos i Oop. have done it nobody's ever touched my hair um ever um i think people have this like y'all's horn some literally 
a gang of cats. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Three white cats were just like fucking with a car and the alarm went off and then they scampered away right out my window. Oh my God. Very much like. Uh, I love that. What's the movie about the dogs and the cats in the city? The animated cats. film? No. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> All right. We need to end. We're going to end. I think you have Homeward Bound. No, the one where they're in the city. They're like city Ex. cats. No, not cat. No, not pets. It's an old movie, an animated film. Oh, it's like All a Dogs children's... Go to Heaven. Yes, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Uh, a classic. Yeah, come yeah. on, Disney Plus. With some alley cats. All right. Well, where can people find you on the internet, sir? Um, You can find me everywhere at Dapper Dan Midas um, on Instagram, um, Twitter. Um, and you can watch Secretary of Shade, my political YouTube channel, slash platform, um, on YouTube.com slash Secretary of Shade. Um, and, of course, you can find all of my music on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, all of those places um, that pay me 0.1 cents per stream. Yeah. Um, less than that. <laughs> less than that. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to end the episode um with one of my favorite songs of yours which is uh he says she said oh um, yes so that music well, video slaps exactly um so thanks so much for everyone for listening to sloppy seconds you can follow us on instagram at sloppy pod and send us an email at sloppy seconds pod at gmail.com send us your email at sloppy seconds pod at gmail.com or call in with your fuck talk story to 213 536 9180 You can follow us on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball or on uh, Twitter at Fat Drag Meatball. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode, which come out every Tuesday and Friday. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. Enjoy this music. Yo, call this bitch. Can you call this bitch? Call the bitch. Which bitch? I don't know how to respond to that. He said, she said, he said, hold up, hold up. She said, he said, she said, Kella, Kella. Got a cake baking for all you ugly bitches. And when I say bitches, that's gender not specific. I got big boobs, cause I don't like going to the gym. Bitch, I gotta watch my shows. Housewives coming on at 10. Truck full of ammo. Left hand chop full of stones like Thanos. Bump stock on the handle. If a nigga want board, then he better wear camo. All these imposters. Jacking the sauce in my pasta. Your man got that look like he played for my team. Might wanna check your roster. He said, she said, he said. Hold up, hold up. She said, he said, she said. He said, she said. Put your big old, big old mouth on my big old, big old dick. Big old, big old rocks on my big old, big old wrist. Bitch, I'ma go down. It's a showcase showdown. They see my drip, now they checking the faucet. I can't do shit till you got that deposit. Your bitch on my dick and you hurt. Missing my kids like an Amber Alert. I hit like a tag team. Beat a nigga face like a drag queen. Cause they can give combo. High heel kick me your body in a bando. He said, she said. He said, hold up, hold up. She said, he said, she said. He said, she said. I ain't got time for no he said, she said. He said, he said. I ain't got time for no he said, she said.
she say. Forever dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. <laughs>